Welcome, everyone, to Take the Lead. I am your host, William Kliske. It is me, John O'Halloran, folks at home. The luckiest man alive. Yes, I won three squares last week during the Super Bowl. I am the freaking man. I redeemed myself after losing fantasy football. That's my redemption. Now, I won't tell you how much he won, but I will say that after quick calculations, he... 20, he almost 27X'd his money from buying the squares to what he received. And going in there, I said to myself, there is absolutely no way I'm going to win these squares. I don't have a chance. I won second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. Too bad I didn't win the first because I would have been rocking in that you, damn dough, boy. <laughs> so, I want to make a public apology to LeBron James. Yeah, you better. Last week, I trash-talked him a bit, saying that, he should. He's a professional athlete, and he should be. Shouldn't complain about having to play an All Star game. Yeah. Well, now I can crit- criticize him some, some more because LeBron James is now the all time NBA leader in turnovers. Seriously. Seriously. Holy crap. Yep. All right. Let's criticize him. So, <laughs> where's the number? So on Friday. This record came to fruition with his fourth turnover against the Grizzlies, which gives him a total of 4,525 for his career. That's a lot. That breaks Carl Malone's longstanding NBA record of 4,524. That's a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So. So LeBron James, by the end of his career, is going to have a lot of records broken. Yeah. He's like, let's go for them all. <laughs> <laughs> including the bad ones. But LeBron, you're still trash. Now you have now you have a record that proves it. Well, I don't care I don't care that you more than doubled Carl Malone's assist and only have one more turnover. Listen to this guy. It's a record that you don't want to have. And guess what? He has it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I just wanted to say it. It's funny. Um So Warriors, Steph Curry versus James Harden, comparing NBA's all-time three-point streaks. So, Steph Curry can add to an already impressive list of career feats when the Warriors host the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Curry has made at least four three-pointers in 13 consecutive games. Pretty good. Yeah. Something accomplished by only one other player in NBA history, someone who also figures to be launching from g- deep at Chase Center as Curry ties, tries to break his mark. The Nets' James Harden set this record with the Rockets in December of 2018 through January 2019. Harden shot 41.3%, 85-206 from three-point range, and that's 13-game stretch. Yeah. Um, let's see. Houston went 10-3 and during Harden's stretch, and the Warriors have gone 7-6 and during Curry's. So, uh, during his 13-game streak, Curry has made 78 of 156, which is exactly 58%. Averaging 31 a game while shooting 54% from the floor. That dude literally can shoot from anywhere and make it. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So in this chart, they have the most three-pointers in NBA history. Um, <laughs> this is crazy to think about. It tells you how many games they did it into, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll start at number five, okay? James Harden is number five. Yep. 2,381. In 853 games. Pretty good. Yeah. Kyle Korver is fourth. 2,450. 
in 1,232 games. Reggie Miller, yep. number three, 2,560 in 1,389 games. Steph Curry, 2,626 in only 725 games. That's crazy. And then Ray Allen, 2,973. In 1,300 games even. He's going to destroy... Curry's going to destroy that. Curry's he's still, like, a half of the games Ray Allen has played. And he's going to absolutely destroy that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to see a shooter like... Do you Seth think Curry James again. Harden will pass Reggie Miller? What he's, is that? Le- he's less than 200 behind right now. Oh, he'd, be it by, he'd probably beat it next year. Yeah. Or even the year after that. But you, you're never going to see a shooter like Steph Curry again. It's... It's an, what it's this insane. guy can do is unbelievable. Yeah, it's because obviously me being a LeBron, LeBron fan, I would follow LeBron and those. I think it was a whatever five straight finals, four straight finals to face each other. I was like, yeah, Cavaliers don't have a chance. This dude can shoot from anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> nuts. Depends on the Celtics, but for real, um, crazy. <laughs> How many three pointers do you think Steph Curry's gonna have at the end of his career? I'm going to say 3,800. That's my wild guess. I'll go somewhere around that, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to even come close to it for a long time. Yeah, I've done with basketball, so go ahead. Kevin Garnett says from his generation, uh, players from his generation uh, couldn't play in the modern NBA. I'd agree. They'd all get tossed out. Yeah. He says um, he was in an interview with Time Magazine. He said, I don't think guys from 20 years ago could play in this game, uh, Garnett said. You could be for uh, you can be forgiven for thinking that someone who played at the insanity that Garnett did during his career uh, would have critics of a game that uh, go um, go away from big men uh, betting their defenses in low posts, uh, hand checking down the lane. But the former Tim Wolf said in Celtics Star alluded that the Martin game saying current players is on no level. He issued a challenge to those who disagree. Uh, pretty much, he said, "I want you, uh, I want you to get on a court." Uh, sprint corner to corner, stop on a diamond, shoot a three, uh, Garnett said. I want you to do, it t- uh, do 10 of those. Then I want you to focus on how tired you are because these players do that for 48 minutes. Um, it looks like Shaq uh, obviously uh, was telling guards he doesn't think they can't uh, take their careers to the next level. Uh, though. So pretty much he's saying guys in his um, generation couldn't play in today. Yeah. Which is true because, you know, if Garnett was playing right now, if he would get in people's heads, which he did a great job doing, you you got guys who storm off the court. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Garnett did that, especially to um, Carmel Anthony when he said to, uh, I forget his wife's name is, I think he said something like to Carmel Anthony, your wife tastes like honeycomb or something like that, like, if you do that now, these these players are soft. You touch a guy, he falls on the ground, screams, rolls on the ground, and you get a technical foul. You know, especially LeBron be my favorite player. You put your fingernail on LeBron James, he flops, a fish out of water. You know, I actually agree with uh, what Kevin LeBron Garnett said. LeBron probably has earned like 10 Oscars <laughs> in the NBA, at least. Oh, yeah. Uh, Derek Rose. Heading back to New York for uh, Dennis Smith for a 2021 second-round pick. Interesting. Um, you know, I wish, you know, a player like Derek Rose stayed healthy. Oh, yeah. That's unfortunate happened to his uh, career so far. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna be the first player. This be the first MVP not to make the Hall of Fame. You think so? Yeah. I just because the injuries happened and uh, he was on his way to becoming great. Oh yeah. Uh, this season he's averaging uh, fourteen point uh, fourteen point two points. That's not too bad. Uh, no, it's not. Dennis Smith uh, was just drafted just a few years back. Obviously, is not uh, what people thought it was going to be so far, but he's still young. He's only averaging three points per game. Oof, three um, points. Yikes. I think he's been in the league for fewer years now. He's already on three. Te- uh, this is the third team he's been on. So uh, it's not looking too good for Dennis Smith here. Mm-hmm. I remember last week we talked about... Um, LeBron James criticizing the uh, NBA for having the All-Star game. Yes. Now there's another star coming out. Uh, Let me guess. Kevin Durant. Nope. Giannis, uh, uh, I agree with LeBron. Uh, I don't see the point in playing All-Star game without fans. But you're playing the season without fans, so what the hell's the point, you idiot? What's the difference? There's no difference. Just have some fun. You guys almost scored 200 points each anyways in the All-Star game. Like, not like I you care when you play. Uh, That's what I don't like about the All-Star game. No, there's no defense. They don't try. Yeah, exactly. There's no defense. No. Uh, Sounds like LeBron in the regular season. <laughs> LeBron James said last week it's a slap in the face. Giannis came on and said at the end of the day, if we have an all-star game, I hope fans can be there uh, and we can go back to them. But at the end of the day, if uh, we have an all-star game, just to have an all-star game, we don't have fans, I don't see the point. You're, you're playing without fans. I don't see the point in why you're trying to make this argument. Your point's invalid. You're playing without fans right now. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. I don't Except get you won't play guys. defense. I don't get some of these guys. If you don't want to play the All-Star game, don't. guess what? Don't play in it. Just be like, nah, I'm good. Back out of it. If you don't want to play a game without fans, yeah. don't do it. And if those five days are really that important to you. Go home with your family. Uh, okay. How about this? No all-star game, just continue the regular season. No five games, no five days off. Now about that? Because you guys are complaining about that, too, with all the money you make. Yeah. If you want to complain, give me some. Yeah, me too. Give me your all-star game revenue. I mean, sometimes athletes just irritate me. They really do. They're privileged. The wealthy be privileged like that. They can complain about the dumbest things. Yep. Um, Any more? Uh, no. Uh, MLB announces changes to minor league structure featuring 120-team regional alignment. You mean the Fisher Cats are coming back? Fisher Cats are good. We made the cut. Are they going to have fans, though? Uh, we'll find out. Probably. Well, I mean, if you guys don't know, our minor league team in here, Manchester, New Hampshire, is a Fisher Cats, and they probably average about you know, 60 fans a game, so I think we're going to be good. I mean, you could, that stadium is so empty, you could fart across the field and someone could hear it. That's how empty it is. Yeah. Um, MLB released a play on Friday for two AAA divisions and three divisions, each for AA, high, high A, and low A. 40 affiliates were dropped from 2019, the last season under the old minor league system, and the remaining teams were offered the 10-year licenses in December, all 120 accepted by Wednesday's deadline. The leagues have not yet been named... Yeah, the leagues have not been named. Major League owners Commissioner Rob Manfred and his staff have not decided whether to retain traditional names of the leagues, such as the International Pacific Coast at AAA, Eastern Southern Texas at AA, and California, Florida State, and South Atlantic, which have been Class A. Um, 
Let's see. Do, do, do. Triple A teams for now remain scheduled to open 144 game schedules at the start of April. Wow, 144. But are likely to be pushed back until the start of May because of the pandemic. Double A teams scheduled for 138 games each. And high and low <coughs> A teams with 132 games are now slotted open in early May. So if we can go, we should go to a Fisher Cats game. Yeah, if there's fans. Which I, I think they will because... Go to an early enough game. There's only like 10 people there anyways. That's right. That's what I'm saying because Fisher Cats, they don't, I don't, they don't even average a lot of fans. So I yeah, I think there's a chance there will be fans, but obviously spread out. Probably not. Uh, top minor leaguers probably will spend April at altern- alternate camps used by MLB teams to keep potential call-ups in shape last year when the entire minor league schedule was canceled due to the virus. Uh, regular season schedules announced next week. Um... Minor league postseason formats have not yet been determined because of the pandemic. Each franchise's top four affiliates will include one team apiece for AAA, AA, High A, and Low A. Um, let's see. The New York Penn League, which started in 1939, was eliminated, and the Pioneer League, founded the same year, lost its affiliated status and became the Independent Partner League. Um, MLB said that Big league teams will be an average of 200 miles closer to the AAA affiliates, allowing most to be within driving distance of their parent team. Pretty good. Yeah. And here's the, here's a good one. Ready? Salaries for players with minor league contracts are rising 38 percent to 72 percent. Oh, that's good. The weekly minimum rise <laughs> rises. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen to how low this is. This kind of sounds like what we make. <laughs> Have you heard how much minor league players have been played before? They don't make a lot. Uh, the weekly minimum raises from two ninety to four hundred dollars a week minimum at rookie level, two ninety to five hundred at class A, uh, three fifty to six hundred at double A, and five oh two to seven hundred at triple A. Jesus. They don't make a lot. No. Uh let's see. For players on forty man rosters, an optional or outright assignments to the minors. The minimum is covered by the Major League Baseball Players Association Collective Bargain Agreement and rises from, ready for this big increase, 46000 to 46600 Wow. That's a whole stimmy right there. Yeah. For a player signing his first Major League contract. For a player signing a second or later Major League contract, the minimum increases from ninety one eight to 93. Mill. No, I'm just kidding. Thousand. Wow, they don't make a lot, but... Yeah, oh, that's about it. So it's good to see minor league baseball is back. If any minor league fans are out there, or no, hopefully your uh, home state could have fans. Yeah. Go catch a game. They're always fun. Get them on a special day. We saw the Fisher Cats on uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Day. <coughs> Were you there with me, or did I go by myself? No, we went there. We uh, saw it was... Vlad uh, Jr., Bo- Bo Bichette, and yep, it was Kevin Biggio. It was two games back-to-back, but I don't think we stayed for the other one because I think you had work. Well, or you had to go home and sleep. Yeah, or we went, or we left early or something. Whatever. It was fun seeing them in TMNT uniforms. That was pretty sweet. Uh, Cubs and Jake Arrieta agreed a one-year reunion. Now oh, he's back. Yep. He, let's see, a one-year deal pending physical, according to multiple reports. Arrieta will be joining the club after he last pitched for the Cubs in 2017, a year after winning the World Series in 2016. He's adding, he's 
blah blah words. He's 35 and pitched to a 5.08 ERA and a 1.51 WHIP in nine starts last season for the Phillies. They did not have a good stint with the Phillies. No, he struck out 32 while walking 16 and 44 in a third innings. In three years with Phillies, Arietta went from 3.96 to 4.64 to 5.08 ERA while his strikeout rate dropped and his hits allowed rate rose. So. So he, at one point he was a good like he was one of the best pitchers in MLB at one point. Yeah. And after he went to the Phillies and went downhill. I mean he only had like I don't say he's one of the best pitchers at one point. He had a few good seasons. You know, twenty sixteen he was good, twenty you know, fifteen, sixteen he was good, seventeen he was decent, I believe. Well let's and just say he was he's only been good with the Cubs. When he was bo- with the team he was at before the Cubs, he was still trash. Yeah, he was on Baltimore, I think. Baltimore yeah. kicked his ass to the side. Yeah, do you want to hear his numbers for all three stints <laughs> yes. in the clubs? Yes. Uh, for his time with the Orioles, 358 innings pitched, 20 and 25, 5.46 ERA. Cubs, 803 innings pitched, 68 and 31, 2.73 ERA. Phillies, 252 and two thirds innings pitched, 22 and 23, uh, 4.36 ERA. So he definitely did a lot worse with the Orioles than the Phillies. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. He was traded to the Cubs in 2014 along with Pedro Strop, who ended up one of the most productive relievers in Cubs... Or ended up one of the most productive relievers in Cubs history. Never even heard of him. Me neither. Guess we're not Cubs fans. <laughs> the following season, Arietta won the Cy Young yep. after going 22-6 and six with a 1.77 ERA. So he won the uh, Cy Young in 15? 2015? Mm, yes. Next season, he finished ninth in Cy Young voting while the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, Arietta won, won both of his World Series starts and even took a no-hitter into the sixth in Game 2. So we'll see how he does. Let's see if he can go back to his old Cubs ways. We'll see. Yep. Um, Trevor Bauer says he's committed to being better in the L.A. Dodgers introduction. Do you hear he uh, apologized to the Mets fans? Because I guess it was a, uh, a couple hours before he signed with the Dodgers, there was a leak of on the Mets website. I think it was that he signed with the Dodger. Uh, he signed with the Mets. I didn't even hear about and he that. He apologized to Mets, saying sorry <laughs> for that happened. Yeah. Whoops. No words for you. I was waiting for you to talk. I thought you were going to read your article. I thought you were going to say something. Um, it's just crazy that. He's like, I'm committed to being better after a Cy Young winning year. <laughs> he just wants the ring. Could you imagine? How much better can you be after winning the Cy Young? You can't. I mean, you were the best pitcher the year previous year. You're going back in defending your Cy Young title, so <laughs> there's nothing you really can do. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I won the Cy Young last year, but I'm going to do even better. Watch me. The Dodgers rotation is absolutely filthy. Walkie, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw. Trevor Buehler, I mean David Price, nasty, I mean, filthy. I hope Dodgers Disgusting. fans. David Price actually is a David Price before he was on the Red Sox, like when he was with Tampa Bay, when he was with Detroit, yep. in Toronto. I hope he is not the David Price he was in Boston because he did not want to be in Boston. He only went to Boston for one money, thing, um, and he got that money. He also got a championship out of it. Yep. When he was good, 2018 during the playoffs, uh, when he pitched. Uh, what was it, game five, I think he pitched. He was unbelievable. I think he knew he was up. He's like, I'm going to pitch game five in. Yeah. Uh, read your story. The picture intrigues me. It's a, it's a baseball with a mask on. 
Uh, MLB sets 2021 season protocols. Uh, they bring back to seven inning double headers. I'm cool with it. Uh, run as an extra in uh, a COVID contact tracing program. Uh, I think double hitters should have been seven innings forever, anyway. Yeah. Just makes more sense. Because let's say if the double header, you have a game at one o'clock, you have a game at seven o'clock. Let's say if the first game goes up until six o'clock, you got to restart right up again. Yeah. Or if the first game goes into extras and then you got to play again. Then what if the other game goes into extras? Yeah. <laughs> That'd suck. Oh, Big yeah. Big time, but I don't think... <laughs> I, I, you continue reading. I'm going to see if that's ever happened before. Uh, obviously, it, I'm going to say, has a double header ever gone into extras? Obviously, uh, hopefully uh, this season won't look like last season. Uh, MLB's planning for 162 games. Uh, the key on field rules adjustments that will be noticed on a difference... Uh, from pre twenty uh, twenty will be double headers will be uh, two seven inning games. Each offense will obviously get a runner to start every inning. After uh, roster limit will revert to twenty six and expand to twenty eight in September. MLB clubs are permitted to carry five additional uh, taxi squad players on all road trips. Um, if you don't know what a taxi squad is, it's pretty much like they're minor leagues, but still, instead of calling the guy up, they are going to have the guy travel with them. Um, they will not. Uh, they will not. All uh, can't talk. Just like well, they will not have a, a universal designated hitter as part of this agreement. Uh, that means the AL will. Uh, that means AL games will have the DH and L games won't. Um, I definitely think they should have no DH and NL. Uh, I thought it was cool last year. I definitely think they should bring it back. Yeah. Um, as far as the health and safety measurements for the uh, upcoming season, the league has announced variety of rules uh, last Tuesday morning, including. A mandatory five-day at-home quarantine prior to reporting to spring training. Uh, re- a frequent uh, test. Uh, Ten-day isolation periods required for individuals who test positive for COVID-19. Individuals who have been uh, identified as having been in close contact with a confirmed case of COVID-19 will subject to mandatory quarantine for seven days and must test negative on day five or later. Other requirements to join the club facilities. A new club-wide code of contact prohibiting uh, s- certain high-risk activities outside the ballpark, indoor gatherings of 10 or more, indoor restaurants, bars and lounges, fitness and wellness centers, entertainment venues, um, gaming venues uh, like casinos and other activity that is prohibited by the state or local governments. Uh, during the season, individuals during road trips are not permitted to leave the hotel other than the team activities at the team facility or ballpark. Other than uh, medical reasons, outdoor walks, exercise, outdoor dining, if approved by a joint community, uh, or the low risk outdoor activities, or in Jesus, <laughs> or in the uh, ex- this is a lot to follow, man. Uh, contact tracing program will require uh, Nixon contact tracing device to be worn at all times while in club facilities during club directed travel and while engaged in the team. Activities including group workouts and practices. Face coverings obviously will be uh, properly worn at all times when club facilities and in the dugout. All MLB clubs will ha- uh, have a compliance officer, contact tracing officer, and a face mask enforcement officer. Put your mask on right now. Just imagine walking in and you get yelled at for not wearing a mask. Or you're out in center field. You got a guy in the center field reaches yelling you to put a mask on. Um... No, I'm glad the MLB is going to have a uh, full 162 season. Uh, it's pretty cool what the uh, MLB will 
Uh, carry tax swap players. No active rosters. We'll go 26 to 28. Uh, I'm pretty excited to bring back the uh, double inning seven uh, seven innings. You know, hopefully, you no, know, it can go well, and uh, you won't see it just like the NFL, NHL, MLB. You're seeing uh, not MLB, uh, NBA. You're seeing all these games getting postponed. Um, obviously, probably going to see in the MLB, but hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, everything will work out well. Uh, I know hopefully fans will some point be back into the stadium because uh, I do miss going to Fenway. But uh, honestly, right now, what's going on in this world, we can't. But uh, hopefully one day, fans will be back. So, I've been doing my research here, mm-hmm. right? And, hold on. Oh, what is... This person didn't blink something. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me reopen that. He he gave the date. <coughs> so yes, um, apparently there has been games, or there has been a double hitter when both games went into extras, and that's it was apparently August twenty first, two thousand ten, between the White Sox and the Royals. Guys, if you listen to yeah, this double podcast, check that. I'm you I, learn something Reddit. new every day. I bet you know that. That's why you should listen to Take the Leap podcast. Please help us out. And apparently, the first game of that double hitter started at six ten p.m. The second double hitter. The first. The first. The first, first game. Ten. The first game. Yeah. What the hell? How does it even work? Yeah. Oh, you know what could be. I wonder if it was like the previous game could have got uh, rain the sixth inning and decided to finish it at that time, or maybe it got rained out like in the eighth or ninth inning. For what? Because you know how sometimes baseball, if the rain's bad, they'll uh, like the next day, like at one o'clock, they'll finish the sixth inning for the games getting rained out in the sixth inning. Yeah. I wonder if the rain started like in the ninth inning, or something like that. And they said, "All right, we're gonna just play the ninth inning." Then. Oh, they usually the call game. it after seven innings if it's a big rain thing. That's true. Sometimes, and there's other times they'll finish it, but 6-10? Yeah. What the um, hell? Here's another one for you. Someone asked this question on Reddit, and I'm just reading some of the responses. And then I have some in- other, in- for other interesting facts after. So this person replied, not what you're looking for, but in 1927, the first game of a Yanks-Red Sox double hitter went 18 innings and lasted four hours, 20 minutes. Nice. Obviously, without any breaks for commercials or anything. The second game was called after five innings due to darkness. Also, Different time now. Yeah, and also the Sox starter in that game was 22-year-old future Hall of Famer Red Ruffing. He tossed 15 innings and faced 73 batters that oh night. Oh, my God. And he continued pitching for 20 more years. He must have been exhausted in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's a good one. Ready? Um, I don't know if it was ever... If it was ever for a long game, but the White Sox forfeited a second game in 1979, which was a cool story. Have you ever heard of Disco Demolition Night? Yes, I did hear about that. July 12th, 1979, uh, Comiskey Park in Chicago. Game ended in a uh, riot. Yep. At the climax of the event, a crate filled with disco records was blown up on the field b- between games of a twi night doubleheader between the White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. Many of those in attendance have come to see the explosion rather than the games rushed on the field after the detonation. The playing field was so damaged by the explosion and by the fans that the White Sox were required to forfeit the second game to the Tigers. I remember hearing about that. I watched the documentary about it. 
Oh, wow. I was laughing at it. That's a good idea. Let's put fucking records on a baseball field. Good job. Promotional event emitted those with a disco record for 98 cents. Imagine going to a game for less than a dollar. Here, take this crappy, take this crappy, uh, disco record. Disco record. Are you sure this is James Wind and the Foxies? Yeah, I don't want it. It sucks. <laughs> White Sox officials had hoped for a crowd of 20,000, about 5,000 more than usual. Instead, at least 50,000, including tens of thousands of dolls adherents, packed the stadium. And thousands more continue to sneak in after the gates were closed. Well, yeah, if you say we're going to make stuff explode, people <laughs> like stuff when they explode. Many of the records were the not fuck? collected by staff and were thrown like flying discs from the stands. After Dahl <laughs> blew up the collected records, thousands of fans stormed the field and remained there until dispersed by riot police. I wonder if there's any footage of this. I'm going to have to look. There has it. to be. In 1979. <laughs> Disco Demolition Night remains well known as one of the most extreme promotions in MLB history. I don't know whose idea it was in the White Sox front office or what department <coughs> thought it would be a good idea to blow up records. I don't know. No, we're not getting any fans. We need to get fans in the stadium. I've got an idea. Let's blow up stuff. <laughs> so, I know i got some fun facts for you. There's three types of doubleheaders. There's a Twinight. A classic and a day night. No, oh, I haven't. I've known what's a day night. Do you know the difference between the three? Nope. I, the only one I knew was a day night. So, in a twilight doubleheader, the first game is played in the late afternoon. After after the first game ends, a break of twenty to thirty minutes occurs, after which the second game is played. That that's what the Royals and White Sox must have done. A spectator may attend both games by purchasing a single ticket. That's pretty cool. Simple. Um. Under the CBA, this is allowed provided the start time of the game is no later than 5. Then there's a classic. Classic doubleheader is like a twilight doubleheader, except the first game is played in the early afternoon and the second in the late afternoon. This was often done out of necessity in the years before many ballparks had lights. Often, if either game went in extra innings, the second game was eventually called due to darkness. So, And then the day-night is first game in early afternoon, second played at night. Yeah. And then you have to buy two tickets if you want to go to both. Um, um, hold on, where is it? Ex, ex, uh, blah, blah, blah. Played early now and second then. In this scenario, spectators must buy separate tickets to gain attendance of both games, except in uh, special circumstances by the approval of the MLBPA, such as a makeup game resulting from a rainout. This is prohibited under the terms of the 2002 CBA. On August 22, 2012, the Miami Marlins played a day-night doubleheader at the Arizona Diamondbacks due to a scheduling error violating another section of the CBA which prohibits 23 consecutive games without a day off. Holy crap. Yeah. And ready for the last thing that wants? Yeah. There have been three instances in MLB history where there was a triple header. Triple header? Yes. Indicating three games between the same two teams on the same day. You want to know when they are? Yes. These occurred. <laughs> That'd be way before we were born. This <laughs> first team name is so funny. These occurred between the Brooklyn Bridegrooms <laughs> and Pittsburgh Innocents on September 1st, 1890. Oh, yeah. I wasn't swimming yet. <laughs> Brooklyn won all three. Um, between the Baltimore Orioles... 
and the Louisville Colonels, or Colonels, yeah, Colonels, on September 7th, 1896, Baltimore won all three. And between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds on October 2nd, 1920, Cincinnati won two of three. Triple headers are now prohibited under the current CBA, except when the first game is the conclusion of a game suspended from a prior date. This would only happen in an extremely rare case when the only remaining dates between teams are double headers and no single games are left for the suspended game to proceed. Yep, that's what I mean. Bold take. There will be a triple header this year. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, when I was talking about Cherry Brewer, but I apologize to the Mets. He said, Mets fans, I owe you an explanation. Apology. My attention this uh, offseason was uh, engaged with fans in a way that made the offseason free agency progress more interesting. I woke up early on Friday not knowing what my dis- uh, decision would be in uh, I spent five hours next the next five hours on. Um it's uh yeah right here uh right before uh before not signing with the Dodgers Brewers official website began posting Mets merchandise. This was a uh, Trevor Brewers website that was per uh that posted Mets merchandise. Those poor Mets fans, you know, they haven't been having a good offseason so far. They got Francisco Landor making big uh, making good moves. They have a chance to get the reigning uh, NL Cy Young. They check his website. They see Mets gear. They get all excited. They post on Twitter. A few hours later, he signs with the Dodgers. So whoever posted that definitely should lose their job. I I want to interrupt you. I have some more double header facts for you. These are a little bit different. <laughs> double headers of note. Have you ever heard of the home and home double header? What the hell? No. It's where each team hosts a game. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, it's extremely rare, and it requires the team's home ballparks to be in close geo- geographical proximity. During the 20th century and before the advent of interleague play in 1997, only one instance was recorded in MLB history, a Labor Day special event involving the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Superbuzz. So this is way back when. Yep. Uh, September 7th, 1903. And then this is the only home-and-home doubleheader known to have been part of the original Major League season schedule. Since interleague play began, the New York Mets and the New York Yankees have on three occasions played a home-and-home doubleheader. Each occasion was due to a rainout during the first season, the first series of the season, during the second series of the season. A makeup game was scheduled at the ballpark of the opposing team as part of a day-night doubleheader. Those three dates were July 8, 2000, June 28, 2003, and June 27, 2008. So the last time it happened was 2008? Yeah. And wow. In 2008, game one at Yankee Stadium, the Mets won 15-6. to six. And then in game two at Shea Stadium, the Yankees won 9 to nothing. So the Mets got all their offense out. Actually, <laughs> I find that really funny. If you combine them, they tied 15-15. <laughs> so the Mets won the first game? Yeah, they won the first game 15-6 to six, and then 9 nothing Yankees. Plus the offense was quiet. Yeah, they used all their offense in that first game at Yankee Stadium. And then, um, I'm not done yet. (laughs) On September 13th, 1951, the St. Louis Cardinals hosted a doubleheader against two different teams. What is it? Uh, The first game was a 6-4 win against the Giants, and the second game resulted in a 2-0 loss against the Boston Braves. Uh, September 25th, 2000, the Cleveland Indians also hosted a doubleheader against two different teams. The September 10th game against the White Sox in Cleveland had been rained out with no common days off for the remainder of the season. In both teams in a postseason race, the teams agreed to play a day game in Cleveland on the same day the Indians were to host the Minnesota Twins for a night game. 
The Indians defeated the White Sox 9-2 in the first game, while the Twins defeated the Indians 4-3 to in the second. On occasion, a doubleheader may occur where the games are played at the same park, but one team is designated home for each game. This is usually the result of earlier postponements. The first occurred in the modern era in 2007 when snowstorms in northern Ohio caused the Cleveland Indians to postpone their home opening series against the Mariners. Three of the games were made up in Cleveland when both teams had off days during various points of the season, while the fourth was made up as part of a doubleheader in Seattle on September 26, 2007. With the Indians as the designated home team for the first game, the Indians won the first, acting as the home team 12-4, but lost the second as the road team 3-2. to So again, their offense was acquired that one, another team. Again, they used it all in the first game. And that's it for doubleheaders. That was like 10 minutes of doubleheader facts there. Red Sox. Disappointing news here. Uh, Trey Andrew Benatene, three-team deal. Uh, Mets Suarez were involved. Uh, After seeing his stats from last year, I'm not as disappointed. No, but... Um, but he was also hurt, so... Kansas City uh, got... So it's uh, Red Sox received uh, Franchi Corretto, Josh uh, Winchisky, three players to be named later, two Royals and one Mets. Yep. Never even heard that, but that can't even happen with three players to be uh, named later. Uh, Andrew, Maybe they're just working out like which prospects or something. Yeah, Andrew probably ben, like double A people. Andrew Benintendi's headed to uh, Kansas City, and the Mets receive outfielder uh, Chow Lee. Uh, Benintendi twenty six was limited to fourteen games last season in those contests. He battled. Uh, he batted one hundred three, three fourteen, one twenty eight, mm-hmm. uh, with six more strikeouts than uh, walks and fifty two plate appearances. Benintendi uh, was then shut down with a strained rib cage. Um. He entered the season hitting 277, 354, and 442 with uh, his career averages of 18 home runs and 18 stolen bases in per 162 games. Ben Attendee, who will make 16, $6.6 million this season, has two rares uh, remaining on his contract. Um, now the Royals uh, are figured to start Ben Attendee in left field. Most days elsewhere in the outfield, Kansas will likely start Whit Merrifield, who's a, uh, I like him, he's a good player. Every day we'll use a combination of Edward Olvers and uh, Michael A. Tear in the other spot. Uh, the Red Sox, for this part, will add uh, Cordero in the outfield. Mix that already includes Hunter Renfro and Alex Ver- uh, Verdugo. Uh, Cordero Vertigo. Hit, uh, huh? You said Verdugo, and I just wanted to say Vertigo. <laughs> uh, the guy that got hit, 360, 404, 433-433. And 315 big league appearances. Though he has uh, plenty of tools, he struck up roughly 35% of his career uh, trips to those plates, limiting in the ceiling. Boston will acquire uh, Winchisky, a potential back end starter who uh, the Mets acquired in a Stephen Razdale. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you have an uncle named Brian? No. Are you sure? Yes. How sure? 100%. Second uncle? Possibly. Grandfather? I don't Maybe. know how old this guy is. How come? Um, Red Sox general manager's name is Brian O'Halloran. <gasps> I'm related to somebody. You gotta figure that out, buddy. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a weird time. When a weird time for Boston sports, uh, you know. And there's no guarantee Bradley will come back. So that's the entire outfield from the World Series championship. No, Patriots are. I don't know which Boston sports is weird right now. Weird situation. Red Sox are going down. Patriots are going down. Celtics and Bruins are still there. Uh. No, Boston dominated sports the last 20 years, but the main oh, two yeah. teams that did it were the two Patriots. teams going down, yep. the Patriots and Red Sox. Celtics are coming up, though. Um, there's a weird time seeing the Red Sox be sellers and the Royals be buyers. Uh, it's going to be weird seeing Ben Benintendi in a Royals teal, uniform. Like a sky blue. Yeah. Uh, no, 
if I were the Red Sox, I would never, 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 never would have gave Chris Sale that money. I would have no. gave that pl- money to one player, and that player just won the World Series. Mookie Betts, baby. In uh, L.A. This dude right here. Right you there. I don't know if you can see him. He's right <coughs> um, behind my chair. It's definitely a weird time being a no Boston sports fan. Uh, no, Ben Tenney's only 26. I know he's still not the player young. that people thought he was going to be. Still young. He's still young. Um, I read a, uh, I was listening to sports radio the other day. Um, that there was a uh, a report of the guy that Red Sox got. They said he has power and speed. The guy has 12 career home runs and cr- eight career stolen bases. His career high in stolen bases and the season high was five. So I don't know where his power is from, where his speed's from. Um, I think Andrew Benintendi is the type of player that can bounce back. Um, oh, yeah. He probably can. No, last year the Red Sox said it was going to be a down year for them, but this year let's say it's going to be a down year. Uh but I understand the Red Sox got to stock their farm system because they trade a bunch of players to uh, the White Sox for Chris Steele. You know, Juan Mancota, uh, Michael Kopech. You know, Michael Kopech hasn't been uh, a big league star that people thought he was going to be. Um, Juan Mancota, I think, is going to be a good guy, you know, a good player. Um, yeah, it's going to be a weird time. It's going to be a tough time being a Red Sox fan for the next couple of years. You yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, at least that means our tickets will be cheap. Yeah, I know. You, you got the Rays who are... Um, the Rays, who are on the rise, the Yankees, so obviously I was there. The Blue Jays will be on the rise. Uh, then you got Baltimore, and you got the Red Sox in the AL East. Yep. Um, let's start with some some uh, wholehearted um, football news. Whoop. Are you doing baseball? I got one. I got to do something. Okay. NHL. Um, is that NHL? I see. Do we need the jingle? Uh, you know, uh, John's hockey second. Yeah, hockey second, baby. Uh, <laughs> NHL uh, will make change to COVID nineteen protocols for arenas in response to uh, up uh, up uptick in positive test. Um, the expansion for the rival uh, floor is in the case injury treatment, which is. No, I don't really care for this one. Screw it. <laughs> That um, was John's hockey half story. Well, I gotta do something before we uh Yeah. That's not what I wanted. Bear with me, You'll folks. I still don't have Bear my laptop. With them. Bear with them. The laptop's still MIA. But now now we know. And you all know from the beginning of the show. He's got the funds. Yes, I do because uh Big Wallet John. Thank you for uh no Brad shout out to Brad uh Brad Harmon from BB and J Sports. Thank you for picking. Thank you for texting me, having me do squares. Because if I if you never text me, if we'll never uh, hey, you should you should relay that thanks to me because Brad reached out to me to reach out to you. Thank you, Will. Of course, Ad. Um, yeah, but thank you to Brad. Thank you to Will. Thank you to the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. I won the squares. You got it? Load up? Um, hold on. What the hell? Sorry, guys. I'm trying to do something here. You can it's do it. All right. You can do it, John. Sorry for the awkward pause, guys. 
optimistic in anything that we've ever thought this guy just changes the mold of the way we think and continues and there's Spagnuolo telling him I have no answers for you tonight is what he's saying right here here's Brady saying hey keep your touch he says here's looking at you kid the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl title in franchise history. Tom Brady's seventh. Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch. You're looking at the greatest right there. Absolute madness. Seven Super Bowls. Seven Super Bowls. Mad. He has more. One player has more Super Bowls than like three or four other teams. Than most teams. Well, no, I mean, Tom he, Brady has more <laughs> Super Bowls than any team. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than all 32 teams. Unreal. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars director of sports performance Chris Doyle resigns amid backlash. What happened? So he signed on Thursday. He signed on Thursday and already backed out? Yep. God damn, that was fast. Um, Where is it? Do do do. So I make sure I have the. Do where's the information? So the Jaguars director of sports performance, Chris Jaron, Chris Doyle, the former strength coach at the University of Iowa, who was accused of making racist remarks and belittling and bullying players while there, resigned late Friday night, just hours after the organization was criticized for the hire by the Fritz Pollard Alliance. So yeah. Um, Jaguars coach Urban Meyer and general manager Trent Balke released a statement that said the team failed to properly consider the impact of Hiram Doyle, who had reached a separation agreement from Iowa in June as a revol- result of allegations made by multiple black players. Chris Doyle came to us in the evening to submit his resignation, and we have accepted. Chris did not want to be a distraction while we we're building in here. In what oh, d- blah, 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 words. Chris did not want to be a distraction to what we are building in Jacksonville. We are responsible for all aspects of our program, and in retrospect, should have given greater consideration to have his appointment. May have affected all involved. We wish him the best as he moves forward in his career. Wow. I did not expect that. I thought he resigned for something else. No. A number of the allegations came from black players and and concerned the way Doyle treated them and his use of racist language. So, yeah. It's a word you don't say. I don't know if that's the word, but... I mean, if it is, it's just a word you don't say if you do. J.J. Yeah. Uh, Watt announces the Texans will grant him his release. And I saw this on Facebook in regards to that. Imagine if they could free up cap space, right? And well, imagine if J.J. Watt joins Aaron Donald with the Rams. This is actually Imagine I how nasty that would be. That would be gross. Both Kirk Morrison said he should line up next to the reigning defensive player of the year and go win a chip. Um, every list of teams that possibly could sign him. Uh, obviously, the Bucks could do it. Uh, they rank 10 in cap space. Um, oh, Brady and... Freaking J.J. Watt on the same team. Yep, the Titans. Uh, he could uh, team with Mike Verbal. Uh, Mike Verbal again. Uh, the Ravens. Um, Steel- uh, Steelers. T.J. Watt's already calling. He posted a gif on Twitter of the Rock doing the Just Bring It. Uh, the Packers. 
Um, no, keep on the Buffalo Bills. No, the Buffalo Bills got a good defense on the rise. Keep around the Cleveland Browns, Chargers, Patriots. Uh, the Patriots have the fourth most cats uh, cap room. Yep. Uh, him and no, no, him and Bill Belichick. That'd be nasty. But I don't see him going there because. I mean, they don't really. The quarterback situation is not good. I'm sure he doesn't want to go to a team that doesn't have. A, well, we don't know what it is. Yeah, so we, a you can't quarterback. Say it's not good. Uh, I told you about that last week about the long shot of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's true. Imagine Patriots getting Rodgers and Watt. Um, would we be a Super Bowl favorite at that point? Do you think? Oh Jesus, yeah. I don't see one team on there. <laughs> I don't see it happening at all. I give that a zero point yeah, zero 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 percent chance. Uh, there's one team I see that I don't see on there. It's obviously the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs don't have Chiefs any money. Chiefs have no money. Get, they have like five bucks. Get this. We're watching the game last week, and uh, my mom's friend goes, "I feel bad for Patrick Holmes." I look at her and go, "You do realize this guy's making half a billion dollars to throw a football?" I still feel bad. Why? A half a billion dollars. He has Tyree Kill. He has Le'Veon Bell. He has Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He has Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I just feel, feel bad, bad he lost. I'll say it one more time so you get through your thick head. He's mi- he uh, a half a billion dollars. That's wh- that's where you'd say I feel bad for Tom Brady for losing to Eli Manning twice. That's true. I was like, lady, he's going to go back to his mansion that has 75 bathrooms. His loving girlfriend who supported him since high school. A fiancé now, I should say. No, 47 bedrooms, 86 cars. He's He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, he, he's fine. He already has one. He has to share with Tom. He's obviously. 25. He's going to have way more. No, he can he's keep his one. He just had to share with Tom. Tom, <laughs> Tom was running low on rings. Um... You know, I was on break at work, and uh, I bring up Instagram, and the first thing I see, the first thing that pops up was J.J. Watt released. And I, I know I was just shocked. You know, I oh thought yeah. this guy was going to finish his career as a Texan. Yeah, so too. Um, and now, actually, here's a question. With J.J. Watt on, do you think they trade Watson? Yes. Absolutely. I wanted to do this on video uh, as opposed to putting out a statement or doing a press conference or anything like that because I want you guys to hear it directly from me. I want to speak directly to you and the city of Houston um, so you can hear the words straight from my mouth. Um, I have sat down with the McNair family, and I have asked them for my release, and we have mutually agreed to part ways at this time. Uh, I came here 10 years ago as a kid from Wisconsin who'd never really been to Texas before, and now I can't imagine my life without Texas in it. Um, The way that you guys have treated me Besides draft night, I mean, you guys booed me on draft night. But uh, every day after that, you treated me like family. And I truly feel like you're my family. Um, Since that day, I have tried to do everything in my power to work and earn your respect and try and make you proud on and off the field. Um, You guys have given me everything and more, and I can only hope that you feel like I've given you everything I have. Um, The city of Houston has been unbelievable to me. It's where I met my wife. Um, It's where I've met lifelong friends and my teammates. Um, I've had incredible coaches and training staff and equipment staff and cafeteria workers and the weight room staff and uh, the front office people and people on the streets, people in restaurants and grocery stores and showing up at my house. Um, The connection is special, and I will never, ever take that for granted because I know how rare it is. I'm excited and looking forward to a new opportunity, and I've been working extremely hard. Um, but at the same time, it is it is always tough to move on. And 
I just want you guys to know that I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate the McNair family for giving me, uh, drafting me and giving me my first opportunity in the NFL. Thank you, Houston. Um, no, by releasing Watt, the Texans save uh, $17.5 million in cash uh, for the salary in 2021. Uh, obviously, he's free to sign anywhere else. Um in 16 games this past season, Watt sold 52 tackles, 17 quarterback hits, five tackles, and two forced fumbles, along with an interception. Um, it's just—I mean, I just—it's just direction the Texans are going. I would not want to be a Texans fan right now. Uh, Watt became one of the best defensive players in the league. I uh, had to offer over the last decade, winning defensive and uh, defensive player three times, a two-time NFL sack leader, uh, has over 100 sacks to his name over his career. Um, Man, I, f- I, j- I just can feel for Texans fans right now. It's just it's just not a good spot for the Texans right now. I know they traded. Uh, oh, that's what I had to get. I say something on my phone. You got this, John. Oh. I just noticed the Band-Aid on your thumb. <laughs> I have a boo that must That must be fun when... Uh, you have a touch screen, huh? Oh, it's yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, Texas, uh, any you know Texas fans, Houston fans, whatever. If you're listening, you might want to turn this. Um, you might want to skip this part. Uh, over the last twelve skip months, it. Texans have uh, Houston have lost some power. Dondre Hopkins, James Harden, George Springer, Russell Westbrook, and then now JJ White, and soon to be Deshaun Watson. It's not a good time to be uh, a Houston sports fan. Uh-uh. I'd rather uh, be a Boston sports fan still. Uh, oh, Marty Schottenhauer, who coached in 21 uh, NFL seasons, has most ace wins and dies at 77. In uh, 21 seasons, Schottenhauer made the playoffs 13 times, won eight division titles, and also earned 2014 uh, NFL Coach of the Year while leading the Chargers to a 12-4 record, following a 4-12 season. Uh, Schottenhauer finished with a head coach record of 200-126-1. Uh, obviously good enough for all time. He's the most uh, eligible coach with more than 200 wins who's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What? And only coached with more than 200 wins uh, who uh, has not won a Super Bowl or NFL championship. Uh, Schramner had a 5-13 and record in the postseason, including going 0-3 in record conference games. Um, wow, he's not in the Hall of Fame. With a record like that, no eight division titles... But uh, the thing that hurt hurt him right now is I know the postseason record, no Super Bowls. But I, th- I was, I mean, I did not think he was not in the Hall of Fame. Um, do I have more? Yes, Pittsburgh Steelers center Marquise Pouncey and twin brother Mike Pouncey of the Chargers retire. They're doing the same day together? Yes. That's pretty cool. And they're both centers, too. That's pretty cool. Twin centers. And both in the NFL. And both retire at the same time. I like that. Imagine if they're just like, bro, after this year, I want to both retire? Like, sure. Yeah, I play for the Chargers. Screw this crap. I don't play for this garbage team anymore. <laughs> but then the other one played for the Steelers. He's like, I'm tired of protecting Big Ben. <laughs> um, Look at them. Those are two dudes that not would not want to no step up against. 
No. Um, looks like they have. No, I was about to say it looks like they have similar tattoos, but they don't. More quarterback drama. You got Carson Wentz who wants out of Philly. You got Deshaun Watson who wants out of Houston. Well, Russell Westbrook. Almost said. Almost said. Russell almost Westbrook. said. Almost Football. said. I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. I heard. I heard the K. No, you didn't. You heard Russell. I heard the K. You heard Russell Westbrook. I heard the K. You heard Russell Westbrook. I heard the K. Bro. I heard the K. Bro. Yeah. Bro. There it is, Brooke. <laughs> um, Russell Wilson. Uh, I guess there's been rumors that he's not happy with the uh, what's around him in um Seattle. I mean, you don't only got DK Metcalf who can catch anything when you throw it up to him, but that's okay. Yeah. Um. He uh, aired frustration with his support cast in Seattle. Um, aimed all the media hoopla in the recent days. It's no surprise more teams continue to call the Seahawks about the availability and potential of Russell Wilson. Uh, uh, Wilson almost said it again. Hmm. Um, NFL Win Network's Tom Persilli said on Thursday, uh, Persillo, uh, those teams from what they've picked up so far have gotten no indication that the Seahawks are in the, uh, any way inclined to trade their star quarterback. But the most that Wilson uh, talks, the more teams are going to be trying to figure out what exactly what's uh, going. They'll be calling the Seahawks, who probably are also trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Uh, Dan Patch reported earlier Thursday that the Seahawks management is not happy with Wilson in his camp for going public with those concerns. Uh, about things like personnel, environment, on-field protection over the years, you wonder why if they're uh, going if they're going to be able to coexist. Patrick said. Um, Wilson was 32 as an eight-time Pro Bowler, and uh, he was one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Just signed a four-year, 140 million extension with the Seahawks in 2019. Do 32 million 2021. Uh, he would actually cost the Seahawks seven million against the cap space this year, in addition, promoting a record 39 million cap hit. Uh, I just another player I thought would know would finish his career with this team. Um, no, Patriots f- said there was fourth in cap space. Is it possible that the Patriots could possibly go out and get Russell Wilson? Would you want a guy like Russell Wilson? It'd be cool to have Russell Wilson. Uh, I would. He's a great QB. I would love the Eagles to have him, but the Eagles have no money because they decided to give Carson once You can't stay healthy, a boatload of money, but um, it's gonna figure. You know, you got all these players who, you know, JJ Watts can be a free agent, or Deshaun Watson can be traded, Russell Wilson can be traded. Where time in the NFL? Uh, Jets are showing interest in Juju Smith-Schuster and Will Fards are free agent looms. Ooh. Um, Jets trying to give Donald some weapons. They have... Um, I forgot how much money they have, but I know they got a lot. Is it in here? The Jets had the thirtieth, uh, third highest cat space this season with uh, $6,795,000. There's certainly that uh, resources so they obviously can bring both these guys in. Um... The Jets had the second worst passing offense in the league last season with an average of 174.8 yards per game. Uh, former number one third pick Sam Donald missed four games due to an injury and completed fi- 59.6% of his passes for 2,208 yards, nine touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. He went 2 and 10 as a starter. Uh, Jameson Crowder was uh, the Justin receiver for the second year in a row, catching nine, 59 passes for 699 yards, six touchdowns, and 12 games. The Jets did not. Go out last offseason. Uh, the Jets did go out last season, signed Brashard uh, Perryman, trying to make up for the loss of Robbie Anderson. But he just caught 30 passes for 505 yards and three touchdowns in 12 games. Uh, 
Smith Schuster is arguably one of the top wideouts. Was looking for a new contract this offseason. The former 62nd pick out of USC immediately stepped in as a talented uh, complacent to Antonio Brown. Nah, Will Fowler is coming off a bittersweet 2020 season. He stepped into the number one role for the Texans after the franchise decided to send DeAndre Hopkins out west to Arizona, putting up a career numbers across the board to 53 receptions, 879 yards. Um, no, I, I like Juju. He's a good receiver. Um, he's going to be dancing when he signs the Texans. Those stupid TikToks that he did. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's still doing them. He is? Yeah. Come on, Juju. You're, dude. Why wouldn't he You're be? a grown-ass man. Get off TikTok. Yeah, John, get off TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Then why'd your voice change? <laughs> um, there was a report that Tyron Matthew came out. No, well, there wasn't a report. There was a uh, tweet that uh, Tyron Matthew sent out that said, uh, if you guys remember, him and Tom Brady were jarring. They're just, there's, there's one play in the NFL you don't want to jar. Tom Brady. Get up in his face is Tom Brady because obviously he's going to do something you don't want him to do. Yeah, and that's go at you. I guess he said Tom Brady called him something that he won't repeat. I don't know if it was a racial slur. I don't know if he called him a gay slur. I don't know what he called him. Uh, I called him my bitch or something. You my bitch. Uh, NFL films usually were released you no know, mic'd up during the Super Bowl. They didn't show they didn't show that clip. So who knows what Tom they Brady didn't? said? No. Have they released a mic'd up for the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, I was like watching those. I haven't watched it yet. I uh, I've watched it, but I love watching them. Oh, I do too. We're gonna we're watching it after we finish recording. Uh, the goat was mad. The honey badger didn't care on the on field back and forth created headlines. Uh, in the minute math after the Super Bowl, Tyron Matthew stood his ground against Tom Brady, but the Bucks, uh, the Brady and <laughs> but Brady and the Bucks got the last word, putting up a dominant 31-9 victory over the Chiefs. Um, Matthew declined to uh, say what was said between him and Brady, but he did say that he had never uh, really seen that side of him. Emotions were clearly high, but uh, it appears that the it appears that the cooler heads prevailed uh, shortly after Sunday after the game. Immediately after the game, Tom Brady texted apology to Tyron Matthew. Brady said that he knew that he had to match uh, Matthew's insanity intensity during the game. Do I even got to lie though? Um, when seeing Brady and Gronk. Celebrating, still kind of felt like I won. Yeah, I was happy even though it wasn't New England. I was happy for the both of them. Yeah, include the text. Uh, including the text, Bray was calling Matthew the uh, Dolphin competitor. He also called the Chiefs All Pro Safety and incredible uh, leader, champion class act per Lane. Uh, Bray said that he has followed uh, Matthew's career since his time at LSU. Added that his verbal attraction with. Uh, with uh, Tyrone, I really love him as a player. Brady said via Newsday, "I think he's going to, uh, I think he's a great ball hawking ability. He seems he's coming up with the biggest plays and the biggest moments." Um, I I just want to know what Tom Brady said. Yeah, same. Where the hell was that one? Um, Bruce Arianson says uh, Tom Brady made a stand by winning as it wasn't all Bill Belichick. Uh, Tom is playing for his teammates right now. Buccaneers head coach Tom Arians told Sports Illustrated. He wants those guys to experience what he's experienced six times. I think personally, too, he's making a statement. You know, it wasn't all Bill Belichick. It was the both of them. I mean. Oh, for sure. It's 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 if you no know, the head coach and the quarterback has you know, good chemistry, it's the both of them. It just wasn't um, it just wasn't 
Bill Belichick. It was both of them. And obviously, Tom Brady brought that same culture he had in New England, brought to Tampa Bay. He had a good experience with Bill Arings and um, Bruce Arings, I mean. And look what happened No, a week ago tomorrow. They won the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, here's a question for you. Yep. Who replaces Tom Brady with the Buccaneers when he's done? Because I'm sure the Buccaneers GM is eyeing someone you probably would never think of. I don't know. Well, Yahoo Sports has this interesting title. I don't want to dive into deeper than the title. I just think it's funny. It says, who replaces Tom Brady? Buccaneers GM eyes Blaine Gabbert as possible successor. Imagine going from Winston to Brady to Gabbert. <laughs> I can't blame Gabbert is even in the fucking league anymore. I thought his ass has gone a long time ago. Until I saw him running on the sidelines, I was like, <laughs> this dude true. still plays. Yeah. Nuts. Um, this is one thing I hate uh, about sports sometimes. Patrick Holmesbaum calls out officials on Twitter. Boo. I More mean, sportsmanship, Mahomes. I, mean, I will say there was a... What the fuck was that? You clicked something. That's what happened, obviously. I mean, there were there was some questionable calls during the game. I, I disagree. Mean, Chiefs were getting away with a lot. Bucks got away with a lot. Uh, the pass interference on Mike Evans, that wasn't a pass interference. They showed that in slow motion. That was a bad call. No. Um, it was a good call. No, the Buc- I mean, the, the Chiefs were holding. Go back, watch the game. The Chiefs holding. Bucks are holding. Um, his mom jumped out and said, if you have the refs on your team, is that really winning? At Giselle Belichick and laugh out loud. Uh, in the first half alone, interception by Terry Matthew got called back at the Chiefs cornerback. Trevor Swore uh, was called for defensive holding. There was also two uh, iffy pass calls near the end of the first half that both occurred in the same drive and with the Bucks touchdown. Former NFL ref Tom uh, Terry O'Clary wrote on Twitter uh, that the two defense uh, that the two defense uh, Jesus I can't freaking talk. That the two defense holding calls in Kansas City probably shouldn't have been called because they didn't come close to the standard that the officials have been using for defense all season. Chiefs were flagged eight times for 95 yards in the first half, which sets Super Bowl record for most penalties in the first half. And it's probably uh, worth noting that Mahomes' mom definitely wasn't the only one upset with the officiating. Uh, Chiefs patch wrestler uh, Chris Jones also called out the officials after the game. I was very surprised at all the penalties Jones said via pro football talk. This is a Super Bowl. Usually you let the guys play, especially in the biggest game of the year. Penalties can change the game. Uh, overall, the Chiefs finished the game with 122 penalty yards, uh, which is the th- third most in Super Bowl history. In the Bucks, they were flagged just four times for 39 yards. Um, there was definitely a lot of no iffy play, uh, no iffy um, calls. Uh, I still disagree. Um, I mean, that, the the Mike Evans definitely was not a pass interference. Yeah, it was. But if you go back and watch last year's Super Bowl, the Chiefs got away with a lot. A lot of that should have been called. I so. just want to say that Mike Evans in the end zone was pass interference. Yeah, but it's over now. I can't do anything about it. I know. So we we go tomorrow. Well, you said no. You said it wasn't. So no, I said it was pass interference. Oh, I you said it wasn't. It was, uh, it was before that. Uh, I think it was a Bucks first drive or just a third drive, whatever it was, when uh, the defender didn't even touch him. It called pass interference. Um, gotcha. Patrick Holmes on go foot surgery following Super Bowl loss to the Bucks. Uh, 
No, the Bucks. I I didn't want to say the beginning, but I didn't re- I didn't get to it yet. But the uh, he will now reportedly go under a surgery to repair the foot. Per Ian Rapport in the NFL, there's no surprise that the Chiefs, who were expected this would be outcome following the big game, uh, Mahomes' recovery will take him through the offseason, likely sideline him for mini camp and training camp. Mahomes finished with 270 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions against Tar Bulls, uh Bucks defense on Sunday. Um. Now the Bucks defense, they did a good job getting to him. They got pressure on him. They you know did a good, decent job shutting Tyreek Hill for most of the game. They did a good job getting to uh, Travis Kelsey. They got pressure on Mahomes, and look what they did. He was scrambling, running for his life. Uh, now the Bucks defense they did a good job. I was, I was uh, worried for the Bucks they, defense. Yeah, they absolutely didn't let. They shut him down. Do That's anything. the first time Patrick Mahomes career he did not throw a touchdown in a game. Yeah. Um. Do you have any more? Yep, um, I wasn't going to do this for basketball, but it's <laughs> missed it. pretty much NBA uh, football. LeBron James on uh, Buccaneers can be Tom Brady winning seven Super Bowls. He's one of the goats. Uh-oh. He's not one of the goats. LeBron, he, Jesus, he's he is the goat. He said, "How do I wrap my head around it?" He's one of the goats. James told reporters after Monday, uh, "I've been watching him my whole life. Seemed like my seemed like my whole life. I've been watching for twenty years now on." Uh, however, he's made in the NFL. I watched him when he was with Michigan playing against Ohio State Buckeyes. I've been watching him for quite a while now. To see him go out there and do the things he's done in his career for him to win another one yesterday in fashion that he won, it's pretty cool. He's He is the GOAT. Oh, yeah. Seven Super Bowls. Seven fucking Super Bowls. Ten Super Bowls appearance. Seven and three. Six Super Bowl MVPs. Yeah. That was five. Five? Uh, it was something crazy. It's a lot. I mean, checking you, it. You were never going to see it again. No. You have any more after we look this up? No. Five, six, seven. I mean, come on, LeBron. Just say he's the GOAT. I know you want to say you're the GOAT, but seven and three. I mean, <laughs> you're never going to see anything like this again. It's no. unfreaking real. So, John, where can they find you on the internet? You guys can follow my Instagram at John Halloran 15 My Twitter's under bar John, under bar Halloran. You don't follow me, but that's okay. You can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at William Glisky. Follow the show with both Twitter and Instagram at TTL Pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred listening platform. We are going to start doing this outro in the intro so you'll actually hear it when John wants to promote his Instagram. Yeah, that's a good idea. But you uh, still won't follow me, so that's okay. Check us out on YouTube. Share with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Just get this podcast out there, you know? Yeah, you, share it. You guys are getting that money in for us, even though it's like a couple cents a week. It's, it's okay. <laughs> We're all good with it. But we will see you in the next one. <laughs>